0: In a hey what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of stay curious a podcast where we want to create diversity and thought without creating division and community i am matt fisher i'm the care pastor here at hill city where we record this and every episode of the podcast and i am here with my co-host teaching pastor of hill city john wagler Yes. <laughs> Wags. He just threw his fist in the air like, like it was the end of an 80s movie. <laughs> and we were on YouTube together. <laughs> yeah, like freeze frame. <laughs> we're all... Um, John, how you doing, man?
1: I'm um, doing good. Prepping for Easter.
0: Yeah, Easter's coming up. The Super Bowl yeah, of church life.
1: It is. Uh, and, you know, I had a mental block with the Easter sermon for three separate tries.
0: Yeah, you forgot the big guy's name. You're like, yeah. comes back what from the dead up thing? on the cross.
1: <laughs> I literally just sit at my computer and like just tap the keys and be like... <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and nothing was coming out, but um, we're good now, though. We're good now. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this will come out after Easter, so people will <laughs> yeah. they'll see your great sermon and then be like, wow, yeah, can't believe he had a mental block. That's right. <laughs> um, well, today we are here um, for kind of a supplemental episode to the sermon series that we're in the middle of, which is called Death of a King. Um, And uh, we've been talking about (laughs) – you've been doing a good job of talking about atonement theory without saying the word atonement (laughs) theory. (laughs) But we've been talking about the cross, sin, basically like kind of why did Jesus have to die, what's the wrath of God, all of this really heavy stuff. And um, while you've been doing a great job not getting – or like kind of giving spoonfuls of sugar to help the theology go down and and like making it relatable like you're great at doing – I thought it would be cool if maybe we hopped on and just were like, Hey, let's talk about (laughs) atonement theory. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, um, I was joking with you earlier. We'll just spar. I'll pretend like I'm one of my like atheist friends and I'll just attack you and you'll have to defend (laughs) yourself.
1: (laughs) And it's going to end with like, I don't know, man, like sometimes things are mysterious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The mystery. (laughs) Um, we literally just got... This is live. We got a text message from our friend Natalie Tire that she wants to do Stay Furious. All right, let's bring her on. <laughs> let's, we're going to bring her on. So with that, we are going to go into our new segment for 2022 where we talk about things and apparently people around the office talk about things yeah. that are bugging them and it's called Stay Stay Furious. Yeah. All right stay furious here we are um i'll tell you what mine is i know right off the bat uh we just went on a disney cruise and it was magical it was wonderful it was actually so good that it was hard to get off the boat like usually with vacations it's like yeah okay i'm ready to go home you know even though we've had a nice time even when we've gone to like all-inclusive resorts and stuff but it was like so good that it was we all the come down was was rough but while we were on this thing the amount, and I know it's like, duh, this is going to happen. But like the amount of people who were just like, I'm going to try not to say bad words, that were just like, like griping at at, at the employees. It's like, you're on a palace on the sea yeah. and like there's unlimited crab legs. And like literally everything is so perfect that I wept when we got off the boat. <laughs> you're like, like,
1: I love capitalism. Like so literally
0: much. Disney is the best Possible version of capitalism. <laughs> um, it, it it is. I truly believe stuff like Disney is the reason that like that people hang on <laughs> and are like, no, 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 but but capitalism is good. Um, like the music's the right volume, everything is perfect, and people find a reason to complain. Always people with midwestern accents, but we won't get into that. Yeah, and it's just like this person that you're yelling at came from. Across the world, like, nobody that works on the boat <laughs> right. is is from the U.S. Like, everybody is from, like, England or Australia or South Africa or Thailand or wherever. This person came from across the world <laughs> to serve you crab legs on a floating movie theater palace full of Mickey Mouse and, and princesses. And, like, you're upset. Yeah. Because they didn't make your egg right. Get over it. For God's sake
1: for literally for literally sake. for the sake of the Lord
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is as close to heaven as you're gonna get and you're upset it's like it reminds me there's this Dallas Willard quote where somebody asked him about hell and he's like I think hell is just the best that God can do for some people and I'm just like <laughs> if you are not if you are miserable on this boat and you are like yachting at this this person who works here yeah I think that you're you're just you're not gonna do yeah, it
1: yeah like we're not saying you're going to go to hell I'm but saying you might, you're going straight well, I would to say you're gonna at least visit it <laughs> You're right. making hell on this boat
0: right now, which <laughs> yeah. should be heaven. Like literally, you could walk 15 feet from here with a, with a plate full of the most delicious food you've ever had and an and an unending soda. Sit in a pool and watch Tangled on a, a giant Megatron, and you're that's not enough for you. Come on, amazing. it's amazing. I'm Midwesterners, furious. man. <laughs> Jenny's so mad right now. <laughs> All right, we have Natalie Tyre, office.
1: Office Office Furrier. She has Furrier. Furiosa. We have
0: Natalie Furiosa Tire. Tire. (laughs) Tire. Her name is
1: still Tire. Tire. Yeah. Still Tire.
0: Well, I was making up fake names, so I figured I'd just change (laughs) her last name too. And she's here to tell us about. Natalie, what are you furious about?
2: Okay, so um, I have a couple, but I'll be really fast, so I don't take up too much time. So because I've been collecting them for so long because i've wanted to be on stay furious for so long (laughs) my first one is a little older but it still counts is when you go to a concert and it's like Mm -hmm. a smaller show and there's a quiet moment in the crowd when the person is tuning their guitar or the band is it's transitional whatever and there's always at least one person who really wants to be funny and they really want the attention of the artist and so they yell out something like a joke trying to be funny um this happened to me at a show a few months ago and the guy kept yelling out the same joke like seven times and no one ever laughed and I think he his mindset was like well no one heard it the first time so I'm gonna say it again and I was like no no everyone heard it it was just bad so anyways that's my first um stay furious second stay furious is when your um silverware falls off your plate as you're carrying it around there it does something to me you know, when your fork just falls off the plate? Yeah. yeah it yeah. is truly. It's like when you get your sweater caught on the door handle. It's it just is like the last straw. Um, and then the third one is new <laughs> is really recent. Well, yesterday I was on TikTok and I saw someone. You
0: can just stop there.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, I have...
0: I'm furious. Natalie's on TikTok. <laughs>
2: hey, I have learned so much from TikTok. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've learned how to properly clean, which is amazing. Clean talk. Shout out. Uh, anyways. Like
1: clean as in like. Personal hygiene. No, no, like clean my oh, apartment. Okay.
2: okay, like deep clean my dishwasher. And, okay, you know. All right. Um. Anyways, so I saw this person stitch this video, like play part of this video, and then make fun of it. And it was the video was this group of women who were on a bachelorette, but they were they stopped their bachelorette like it was like a morning to have a Bible study. And they just posted a video of like bachelorette Bible study. And everyone in the comments was just going off on them, like making fun of them, just like giving them so much grief. And I was like, I'm sorry, are y'all not the people who like want everyone to be able to do whatever they want and like without judgment? Like, can you just let these people live? I was so annoyed. And I want to just comment and be like, this ain't, this ain't it. Like, leave them alone.
1: I'm sure they would have listened had you commented. <laughs> exactly. Would been...
2: if there would have been peace. I should if we've learned
1: anything, people in the comment section are really sane.
2: They're, they are. <laughs> Anyways, those are my um, furioses. I, I like
0: the idea at the Bachelorette Bible study that like the camera is like panning around the circle, and then there's just like a male stripper, but like with his Bible open. <laughs> hey, no sorry about last night, guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you. Oh boy! Wow. She had a lot. She was armed she was really and ready. Furious. Yeah. Um well there there it was. We had a we had a guest on Stay Furious yeah and now we are going to go into the bulk of the show where we talk about the cross, sin, and why it all needed to go down the way it did. Y'all know we stay curious over here. Here, 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 here. All right, and we're back. So John, hmm. I got a couple of questions for you. <laughs> okay. i will put you on the spot. Um, I guess the first is like, we believe as Christians that people, we talk about this a lot, like people were made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. And Jesus even says like, the kingdom of heaven is is within you. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, we also talk about stuff like um, the cross being sort of propitiation, I guess is one fancy word, right? Or Sacrifice. Sacrifice, like the sort of absorbing of God's wrath as he like pours out the bowl of wrath or whatever. And Jesus, um, you know, Interceding for us. Mm-hmm. There's, which I don't think you um, broached this in in any of the messages, but there's, did you ever do the illustration or have the illustration done to you of the like, man's on this side and God's and on the this bridge. side and then the cross is yeah, the yeah. bridge? Yeah. So I, I guess. did the, not do that. So. N- yeah, <laughs> you did not do that. You also didn't bring up that. <laughs> I feel like in a lot of atonement, like uh, recent atonement conversations I've heard, people sort of bring that up of like, hey, when you're in Sunday school, did you know, they ever yeah. do this. Yeah. So I guess a question, like a, a question, honestly, that like my atheist and agnostic friends ask me is so if you believe all that stuff, why how do you answer the question, why did God have to kill himself to save himself from himself?
1: Yeah. It's an interesting, you know, I some of this stuff like I don't get too much in the philosophical, yeah. you know, side of it because um, we've talked about this before. I I know you like to float in that area. Yeah. Um, for me personally, there is like an there is a piece, and I said this jokingly earlier, but there is a piece where I do come to the the point of being like, you know, here's just a reality. Some stuff I'm just not gonna understand, yeah. you, like to yeah. a certain degree. Sure. Now I think there are some answers to some of these questions yeah. that we're gonna talk about. But the mystery of the cross. Yeah. Like yeah. there there is just like a mysterious. Element. It's like, um, I don't understand like the fullness of my own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a piece of like, when I think about the human condition right. and the way things have been mm-hmm. for the entire like human race, it's like hard for me to fathom some of those realities. Right. Like, yeah. so, so I think there is a piece of mystery to some of this to where like, sure. I get the concept of like, why didn't you just figure out another way to wipe out sin? Like right. why did it have to go this route? Yeah. You know? And I, and I do understand that. I, for me personally, when I start thinking through that, like if someone's coming from that, like standpoint in terms of like a yeah. question, they're coming from a, yeah, they're th- very deep. Probably, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: It's a philosophical question yeah. more than it is like a theological question yeah. in so, a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the only way that I would begin to engage that would be like, I, I would have to go off of what I believe, meaning like I would have to go off of what I see in scripture. Right. As like my basis of like how I begin to see some of this, and so if I'm trying to if you're if I'm asked that question, which I I don't know if I ever would be, but like if I were ever asked that question, I would have to say like, listen, for me personally, I have to start with Scripture Mm -hmm. and the human condition and the reality of how sin kind of manifests itself throughout our world and the reality of how it works. There's a cosmic element to it. There's a communal and systematic one, and there's a personal one with it. But when I think about it in in terms of scripture, there was always a price that need to be paid for sin, mm. and it it's just the way it's always been. And what's interesting is I, I could you can go outside mm-hmm. of scripture even with this, and there's always been a price to pay. Yeah, in society. Yeah. For. Yeah. A, a wrongdoing. Well, it's or just
0: something. yeah. You can't you can't get two out of one unless you add one. Right. Like you can't. It's yeah. like cold fusion doesn't exist. You can't take a little bit of energy. Right. It's, it's equal exchange, even yeah. in, even in science and nature,
1: yeah. and so when we begin to look at the reality of like you know what was once the sacrificial system for really almost all cultures had yeah. some kind of sacrificial system, yeah, and it was a way to appease the gods, appease the gods, mm-hmm. appease the gods. and and so we begin to see then I would have to move towards scripture and be like, here's what we see in scripture. Um, even within the sacrificial system, like the, uh, atonement theory that was there of like, how do we please God? Well, they sacrificed the lamb and they yeah. had the sprinkling of the blood on the mercy seat and a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that. But there's always been something there was a, there was a price. So in, with each sin, there was a different kind of price to be paid. Okay. Right. Like we see that in scripture. It's mm-hmm. like, if you just lied to me, it wasn't the same price if you, killed my brother right. right like it's something so different so right so there's well, when we get to the cross is like the culmination of everything and we look at man at its at its highest form sin is about violence power um uh, oppressing people uh shame and death mm-hmm. like that's the essence of like at its most powerful point and so when we see well, why does Jesus have to enter in that way? Because he goes up onto the cross and is like, that is the pinnacle of all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute pinnacle. That's where the, you know, the most death happens. That's where it was talking about the, like the reign of the empire. That's the most shameful like element. Um, it was a separation point of people. It was like all these things. It was like the, the epitome of what sin and evil and power, and all that stuff. it's like up on that cross. And then what we see in the midst of that is like Jesus going up on that cross is saying, I identify with all of the oppression, uh, mm. those being hurt, those all that stuff, and the sin of this world. I identify with what sin does. I'm and now through the resurrection, I'm overcoming it through the mm. cross. And so, why did he have to do it that way? I'm like, I don't know. Other than he went into the system that was there and that's always been, and like spoke into that system. Yeah. And and I get the conversation from that. Well, couldn't he? I mean, he's God. He could do whatever. He wants. Right. And I get all of that, but there's also like a truth to the reality that even if he did, let's just say he was just like, no, I just snapped my fingers and sin was taken care of. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we would understand the fullness of that either. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like just as humanity, I don't know that we would fully appreciate the reality of what the cross and resurrection in the same way. Yeah. Do you sometimes, and that person would pop back. That's a horrible answer.
0: You know, but (laughs) you know, yeah, they're looking for a pithy answer (laughs) and they shouldn't ask a heavy question. (laughs) Do you think that – we kind of joked on the text earlier about you can, we could always just do a podcast and, like, can God make a rock so heavy he can't pick it up. <laughs> yeah. But do you think that there is a – so when we're talking about, like, metaphysics or, like, cosmic mechanics, mm-hmm. like there's something about the sacrificial system or the balance of things, do you think that sometimes the hang-up is – Well, if God can do anything, why couldn't have he done it differently? (laughs) Yeah. And do you think that maybe, like, when we think of God can do anything, that that might not necessarily, like, that that might not necessarily be true, I dare to ask? (laughs) Like, he can do, for instance, to an ant, you can do anything. Like, you can kill that ant, you can completely reconstruct its entire world. It can't fathom crossing an ocean. Sure. Right? But... If you and I are sitting here talking, I'm like, "Hey man, could you just fly?" You'd be like, "No, I can't fly." But to the ant, it's like it doesn't you can fly because taking 3 steps to an ant is like a day's travel, right? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I know I'm getting philosophical <laughs> yeah. again, but do you ever think about like when when you think of that sort of back and forth? And I think for for you as the pastor of of the of a church, probably these um sort of shadow boxing sessions yeah don't do as much because if somebody's talking to you and me honestly mm-hmm. they're they probably already interested like they probably don't, yeah for you sure know? yeah but this idea that like well why couldn't have god done it this other way what do you ever have the thought that like well maybe there are rules <laughs> like yeah. maybe we don't understand them like to me god can do anything yeah but maybe there are rules that god has set up for himself to govern or i
1: mean i think it's an interesting question i you know um I used to think about this stuff way more. Yeah. Like probably in the last, I would say eight or nine years, I just kind of stopped.
0: It gets exhausting. It's exhausting. Like, ultimately you yeah. have to stop. Yeah.
1: I, I did. And, you know, um, I remember, um, was it um, Bruce Almighty? Yeah. Where it, there's one scene and I'm going to. I know exactly what you're talking when about. I was like, I can't make you love me or something like like yep. It's like the, you know, God can't make that piece happen, yeah. you know? And, um, and it was it was. Right around that, I was like, huh. Yep. I, you know, and that was like a, the movie was a long time ago. But it, it started to reframe certain things for me. Um,
0: yeah, I think the crux of the scene, just for people yeah, listening, yeah, was yeah. like, "You, I can do anything, but I can't make her love me. Right. He's, trying, he, he's become God, right? Jim yeah, Carrey's yeah. become God. And he's talking to Morgan Freeman, who is actual God. Yeah. And his Jim Carrey's fiance or wife or whatever has left him. Yeah. I and it was kind him. of like, I can do anything. I can... I'm magical. I'm like ultimately magical, but I can't make her love me. And Morgan Freeman kind of looks at him. is like, yeah, I know. (laughs) sucks." Yeah.
1: Yeah, So I think there's like, and this is like the mystery part. And I think that's why I started to step away from some of the things, because I was like, you know, there's so much we can know. And even when we dig into the realities of the cross and, the atonement theories and, and all that stuff. And even what we've been doing the last three weeks in mm-hmm. the sermon series of like, just try and identify the reality of sin. Yeah. There are things that we can see and know. And then there are things that we can see how like Jesus speaks into these things and why they become so important mm-hmm. to us and how it reshapes our whole life. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that I ended up just like starting to like concentrate on more. I started becoming more enamored with the realities that we can see in scripture mm-hmm. and in the cool kind of aspects to like the Bible yeah. and, um, and started moving away from kind of the ethereal, like out there stuff because I was just like, I don't know, man, like there, there are things within the Bible that we read, you know, we've talked about this before. There are things about like the council of the gods yeah. and stuff that yeah. like
0: the Nephilim and the <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. There's some
1: wild stuff. And then I'm like literally like scholars for the history of time don't know what it means. Yeah. Like the, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There, there are things in the Bible that like, I know when people are like, you know, well, we just live, we're, we're for over the Bible. I'm like, first of all, no one does that. Second of all, it's like, there are things we don't know what it means. Yeah. We have no idea what it means.
0: Because you are inherently, when you engage, um, I'm going to call it religion, though. I know, we, but I'm not talking about the doing of things, you know. That Mm -hmm. kind of religion. But but this idea of religion, which comes from like religio, like realigning yourself with like the spiritual world. When you engage with anything that goes beyond science or rational understanding, you are automatically endeavoring to talk about something that words won't won't get to or conceptualize something that like concepts fall short of. Yeah. You are going beyond the concept. You are going beyond concepts, images, and words. So there's always going to be a, like when Ezekiel sees the wheel or whatever, like the the angels, you know, if you've ever looked up or if you haven't, Google like um, accurate angel drawings or whatever yeah. where they actually draw what's like described. Oh, I've never done that. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, it, it's, he's obviously experiencing, Ezekiel, for, an, for instance, is obviously experiencing something that we don't have any reference for yeah, because of being constrained by space and time. So he's like, it was like a bunch of wheels and there was eyes on it and fire. (laughs) And like, I don't know. I'm trying to explain it to you. Yeah. And that's all we're left with is like trying to talk about things that language can't contain.
1: Yeah. Like I was listening to this guy, uh, I was podcasting him and um, well, I was listening to a sermon and then he was a guest speaker there. And this is a, what like pretty well known reputable guy, like, not some like weird, you know, out there dude. Yeah. And he's telling this story about when his mom died. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so he's like, "Hey, I, I know this might weird some people out, but like, I just have to tell you the story of the reality what happened in my life." Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "I I was praying about my mom. She she had gone through this huge thing about where she was going to write a book, um, but it won't be finished until she dies." Mm. And so anyway, she kept telling him that the book's almost done. Yeah, and he didn't. He wasn't like catching on. He's a college student. So anyway. She ends up passing away. He he believes... He starts praying. He believes he is supposed to go pray for her mm-hmm. to be raised from the dead. Like, he literally... Okay. Like, he, like, feels wholeheartedly, right? So, he goes, so I go to the morgue. Mm. I'm there three... He goes, I'm there three hours praying for my mom mm. to rise up. I'm laying hands on her. He goes, she is dead as dead can be everything. They have to force him and is now... Was now his wife out of the morgue because, mm-hmm. like, he'd been there for just too long. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but he's like, I just... He goes, I just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. Right. He starts talking about how I think it was the next day or something. It was just, he'd been praying for so long that he ends up having a vision or a dream or something where he sees his mom mm-hmm. and she's dancing around and being be free. And he says that God says she can, she, it's her decision if she wants to stay or go back mm-hmm. And um and so anyway, he starts telling this like and so she stays whatever you know yeah. and and there's this big like kind of like th- there's a larger theme to what he's talking about. But then he talks about this aroma that fills his house, hmm. that multiple other people, like in the in the house, also smell. Yeah. And that his dad, who had been had type two diabetes for like decades, was instantly healed and never had a problem since.
0: Wow.
1: So I'm like. There are things yeah. <laughs> we could talk about. And then th- there's moments like that where I'm like, there are just things that like, I don't understand that are a complete mystery that I would prefer to just put in a category that's like God's just way bigger than I can possibly fathom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, And I think a lot of the pushback on that is just like pushback on anything. Somebody's been hurt by it. Sure, meaning absolutely. You know, somebody somebody was well. You didn't pray for her hard enough, so yeah. she died. Or and I, I've been I, and
1: I could give even personal examples. Of sure, that. you've yeah. been hurt that way, yeah. yeah.
0: And and one that I've heard actually from um, a good friend of mine who whose dad was a a pastor and and now you know he and his family are um, probably identify as, like agnostic, but he was he just kind of shared with me one time that like the mysticism was used against him, like. Yeah about everything. Well, you can't understand. Well, it's a mystery. Well, the mystery of the cross. Well, God works in mysterious ways. And so it turned him off to it. And I think that's what happens a lot of the time is like, I, as you kind of said, am very into philosophy, but the other big part of my faith is mysticism. And that doesn't mean like crystals and stuff. Like mysticism is literally just mystery, like embracing what we will never understand and what we can only experience. And so for me, that's a huge part of my faith. But for him, it was a huge part of his fall because somebody beat him over the head with it. Yeah, and I think that's something to always like keep in mind if we're having discussions with people who've been hurt or like don't get why we believe this or what we believe or whatever is something that could be good for me in my faith may have been misused against somebody else yeah, for sure. And I'd never thought about that. Like to me, I was just like, oh well, if you don't like church and stuff like that, you should get into my- you should get into like the Christian mystic. Uh, you know, read Thomas Merton, read like and. That he was the first one to ever turn around and be like, "Yeah, people threw that stuff at me all the time as yeah. a means to shut me up, to just basically get me to stop asking questions." Yeah. So it was kind of like a good moment for me to remember that there's no, there's no mad, there's no silver bullet, you know, for this sort of thing.
1: Well, even the reality of some of the mystery elements. I, so take take that guy's, right, example, right? People can poo poo that or sure. <laughs> you know whatever. Yeah. I, to me, I, I hear something like that. And I'm like, what's more supernatural? What happened to his the healing of his father, mm-hmm. or the fact that they had like the supernatural faith to believe in yeah. the power of God, like and even if that prayer, like his one prayer, did not get answered, right? So like it was mom, but like, w- what's more supernatural in that scenario? Yeah. You know, and I think there's some, I don't know, there's some discussion to be had there. But I, I just for me personally, and when it, even when, you know we start talking about this cross stuff, I'm like. There are things that we can see in the reality of what the cross means that actually move um, you know, when you like there's good in Islam, there's good in Buddhism, there's good in Hinduism, there's like there are you know, good elements yeah. in, in every faith. And but there's this distinctive, you know, with the cross and with Jesus that goes beyond what any of those other faith structures, you know, step into. Yeah. And in the realities of what we can see and what the cross means, because there is um, every, every historian worth their weight in anything will say that Jesus was real. Mm -hmm. He was a real human being. Like Mm -hmm. we have like non, non religious writings that talk about that reality. We have non religious historical writings that talk about um, that. He had followers and had a massive following. We have non religious historical writings that talk about. He got crucified. Yeah. You know, so like those things all happened right Right. and there are there is like this reality of like the birth of the christian movement like it happened Mm -hmm. and there are like literal things you have to deal with right and so those are the things that i end up concentrating way more on now because of the impact that it has in our lives
0: yeah yeah i heard it said once and you kind of brought this up that to understand the cross um you have to first understand it as an the ultimate act of solidarity with God and man Mm -hmm. of God saying, I am with you and here's how I'm going to prove it. And then sort of like constructing your theology from that of like, before you see it as like some sort of weird magical exchange of blood and justice (laughs) and like, see it first as like an act of solidarity of God saying, I may not always like magically heal you, but I'm always with With you. you, When you hurt, I hurt. You want to know how, That You know that's true because of the cross. Yeah, you look to the cross. Yeah, you look to the cross, and you know that I'm with you, even if I can't or won't always wave a magic wand and fix it, Yeah, which is what any good parent does. Like any good parent, and I say that as not the best parent all the time, (laughs) any good parent is like, I can't stop every fall and every heartbreak and every thing, but I am always here with you in it.
1: Yeah, the the essence of the cross like speaks into the so many other passages of scripture where mm-hmm. it always keeps saying that God hears the cries of the oppressed, yeah, or the hurting, or those suffering in the hands of injustice, or um, even you know the story of like Abraham and Hagar and um, and Sarah when like God it like gets pissed at Abraham mm-hmm. because he mistreated Hagar who, who by the way her name immigrant and <laughs> nice. um didn't know. and uh, and so he gets mad at him for the way they he essentially abused her mm-hmm. right like yeah. used her yep. for selfish gain and there was a power structure there and all yeah. that stuff and and so god gets really mad and what's interesting is god hears it talks about how he hears the cry hmm. of Hagar and what ends up happening is in Abraham's family there's all this division yeah and so we we start we understand that even at the the character of god that we see um and, you, and I think it's Exodus 32 or 34, it talks about like the character of God. And when you begin to like see the character of God and how it's woven in through scripture and part of his character is justice mm-hmm. and he's gonna deal with sin. And and then you get to the cross and you're like, whoa, this, this is also part of the character of God right here. Like we're seeing it, like he's hearing the cry of the oppressed. There's grace and there's mercy and there's um, establishment of like this new way to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there's also justice that's happening right here.
0: Yeah. Do you think that part of the struggle with the cross for people is maybe an overemphasis on the idea of Jesus as the son? Because Jesus only ever refers to himself as the son of man. So, yeah. Because I know I've heard, um, there's sort of a famous example that I've brought up before, but um, this guy David Bazan, who is a... a he wasn't like a Christian artist, but he was. He's in a band called Pedro the Lion, and they're like a, a fairly well known and and good one of my favorite um, sort of indie rock bands. And he very publicly fell out of faith. And his, his story is basically he had a kid, and he was like, "I cannot imagine a good God treating. You know, I would never treat my son this way." Yeah, yeah. It was almost like the empathy. Because we all have that. When you have your first kid, like I can remember certain movies I couldn't watch anymore, like commercials made me cry, you know, like, and that kind of turned against the theology he had been given. And it was about like, if this is God's son with whom he's well pleased, Mm -hmm. how could he do that to his son? But, you know, Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. And this concept of the Trinity, which I'm bought all the way in on, is still like trying to put words to something we don't totally understand in the way that we understand it of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: I, w- I would say, though, that um, Jesus, you know, when he when you reference the passage be out of Matthew 3, mm-hmm. um, and it's also in Luke, but he, you know when he says, this is my son, whom I'll please, Jesus doesn't say that isn't him. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, like yeah. He, but
0: he also doesn't overemphasize himself as son of God.
1: Correct, but I'm, I'm saying that, like, I don't want to there is a level of where the the idea of the Son of God is there that mm-hmm. Jesus does not deny, and then even says like you know the Father and I are one. Yeah, you know, so like there is like an, a piece to it that would say He is talking about His divinity. Yeah, as so well, a hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So how do we reconcile a father harming his own son?
1: Well, so I I, I would say because you know, like a, a lot of people might say like well it's like you know spiritual or. You know, abuse. physical abuse. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, and I think when you begin to look at one who who put now, does the scripture talk about like that this was the plan or, you know, mm-hmm. and it does like it does, you know, Isaiah talks about it like they're like this was the, the plan of how it was going to be. But I how I begin to view the reality of Jesus on the cross is he's taking on the wrath of sin, hmm. not the wrath of God you know meaning like um the what's what put him up there is sin okay right and now is that the part of the plan of God yeah but there's also the reality of like man and was Jesus a substitute for our sins I do believe that like I, we can see that in scripture um along with some other of the theories but 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 I do also believe that um, it's the wrath of sin that he's taken care of there, and the, and that's the violence of sin that put him up there. It's the people that were sinful that put him up there, and so Jesus is taking on the wrath of sin, and and so some people will disagree with that, and I understand that. Yeah. Um, so I don't view that moment as God like placing His Son in 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 like a sacrificial way to appease His own wrath. I view it as man. God has done something here for everyone mm-hmm. through his son mm-hmm. to which Jesus is also willingly doing. Yeah,
0: if I that think that's another thing that we don't always think or talk about is I mean,
1: he said that he could call on angels right now and Yeah, do you, pres- you should-
0: yeah, do we presume that he had a choice not to? I mean, yeah. we ha- I think we have to. Yeah. I mean, I don't. if you know. think he didn't have a choice, then what, you know, like, yeah. what was the point?
1: I mean, there's, you know, there's a point where he's praying, praying in Gethsemane, like, you know, take this cup for me, because he understands what's about to happen. Yeah, you know, like, if there's any other way, but yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I think there's a piece of that too.
0: Yeah. Um. So if we think about this as sort of, I guess, one of the ways I think about it that I'd love your take on, since we're sitting here talking, um, is. Sometimes we get wrapped up in language, faith, sin, redemption, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it's helpful to think about, to like change the words up just to kind of like shake up my brain and and think about it, you know, look at it from a different perspective. So when we think about sin being introduced in the world, it was through a lie. And like Satan is the father of lies, so on and so forth. And so like sin is really like rooted in a lie. Mm Mm-hmm. And God is the truth, you know, God is the truth, um, or Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So what we're talking about is truth and lies, what's really true and what's really a lie, right? So for me, I think of it sometimes, and you could tell me if this is off base, as like the cross is the representi- is the intersection, literally like <laughs> the intersection, of where lies kind of end and truth is elevated. So like, mm-hmm. here's the lie. The lie is that... um Violence and death are the ultimate mm-hmm. thing. That's the lie. The truth is, um, it's not. Like, we are more than that. Like, sure. we are more than an execution or a violence or a hatred or a whatever. Like, those things are lies. They're not, they're not real. They're not capital R real. What's real is the path to God is the path down like they call it canonic, the canonic path. Like Mm -hmm. it's not in sitting on top of a mountain and fasting enough and doing enough. Emptying of himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's the emptying rather than the, they call it asceticism, like the raising up, like to, to be raised up, you must go down. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that's like the ultimate sort of one of the ultimate revelations of the cross is what's true is that transcendence is brought through sacrifice What's a lie is that if somebody can hurt your body that they win. Sure. Does that make sense?
1: It does. No, I think that that is certainly like an element of what we see on the cross. And I think, you know, sometimes, um, you know, even when we use these terms sin or whatever too, like, you know, Lacey and Kevin were, were talking to me and like, you know, Kevin was like, hey, I'm reading a book right now. It's talking talk about like, the guy said, I stopped using the word sin because there's Everyone understands evil, so I started just saying evil, mm-hmm. you know. Cool. And um, and Lacy was talking to me. And she's and she was just saying like, you know, everyone understands the human condition. Maybe we should, you know, refer yeah. to it in like that manner. So sometimes the you know the understanding does come through like a little different way. So I think what you're describing there is absolutely a piece of the cross. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. And and again, these are things that we can get on board with. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not. Like, these are very like. Practical, real things that we can see in the reality of who Jesus is, which is, again, a distinctive from other faiths, you know, and what he does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like to a friend of mine who's not a believer at all, I, you know, he was kind of talking to me about like, I I wish that somebody he was saying something like, I wish that um, my experience early on had been something like what your church is. Mm. And. Um, we were kind of talking back and forth about some stuff that he's going through. And what I said to him was like, you know, this idea of like, repent of your sins. You could just as easily say, change your mind about the lies you're telling yourself or Mm -hmm. that the devil is telling, or that somebody else is telling you. That's it. Just turn your mind away from the lie. And that lie can be, um, I mean, anything from big, you know, big like, well, if we wage this war, then the world would be, saved <laughs> sure. or small yeah. like if i just have a little bit more money i'll be fulfilled yeah it's a lie it's not real and like this concept of like god as do you especially in a postmodern context where the question right now for us is always what's real yeah especially as like ar you know we started we've talked about <laughs> vr and all that stuff but like truly a deep fake and like for us increasingly the question is going to be what's real and if we see god as Our signpost for this is actual reality this is the realest thing that can be then the cross is sort of the lens through which we can see what's real because like i said it's the intersection of like what's false (laughs) and what's true
1: yeah well even the reality of repentance is you know uh when we see it from a biblical way it's like you're it's not just a changing of our mind right like that it's like uh it's it's saying we're going to stop choosing the lie or choosing ourselves mm-hmm. and we're going to believe in the truth of what God says and then we actively move in that direction. Yeah. You know like that's like what repentance is. We've changed the entire direction and we have, we're actively doing it. Yeah. You know and so yeah, I mean I think to your to your friend's comment like I th- there are a lot of people who would say like I wish my <laughs> <Yeah>. upbringing <laughs> was was different and I think I also think what ends up happening just in part of like people's deconstruction and, or, or people who just, you know, just flat out, like ignoring the the faith and the reality of like this whole cross and resurrection thing. It's like, you know, I, sometimes I'd really do. And that was the premise of these three weeks of like, I don't know that we take sin serious enough, you know I mean? Mm. Like the reality of sin. I think we, we, uh, we normalize it and almost coddle to it, you know, too much. And that's why like, a couple of weeks, I you know I would say like, you know how many guys have lusted? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sin. Yeah. You know how many guys have you know like kind of go down the list of all these things and and making people see the reality of even the the example of just saying if you've ever bought chocolate, yeah. You know, like you've you participated in slavery.
0: Yeah. I mean the metals that are in all of the electronics yeah. in this room right now. Correct. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, so there's like you, that's the pervasiveness of sin. Yeah. You, you can't know, get that away from say, it. You know, and right. so. So in order for that to to understand and that reality it's like man to to overcome something that big and that huge you need something to step in that that isn't just like hey just think better thoughts yeah. or just do a few nicer things yeah. or like just be a good person man yeah. you know or it,
0: feel bad enough about this thing yeah, and you'll yeah 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 and
1: it's like that doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't it doesn't cure the outcome of sin it doesn't give you hope for the future it doesn't allow you to see what your real self is instead yeah. of the, you know the the false self yeah. um one of the um, podcasts that we both listened to that we've just been talking about recently like the three hosts mm-hmm. like are like pretty good dudes and they talk a lot about they don't put their identity in their you know acting anymore and all that stuff yeah. but they're not but what they do put it in doesn't answer sin doesn't give yeah. them ultimate hope and this says nothing about eternity right you, you know what I mean so it's like sure in one way it feels good but here's why it feels good because you just kind of took a little edge off of sin but you haven't like fully you know accepted the reality of evil
0: yeah in the human condition why do you think you kind of made the comment during one of the messages i think it was the second or third week that um you do, you feel like we avoid talking about sin even as a church not hill city but like capital c church yeah why do you think that is i have a thought but
1: um i i think it's Uh, one reason is because many people grew up in uh, environments where it was so hammered into them that uh, like you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a Mm -hmm. sinner. And you came out as like, Oh, if I'm going to choose Jesus, it's out of like guilt or I don't want to go to hell Mm -hmm. or out of fear. Right. And so, and so the, the pendulum swing on that is like let's just talk about how it makes your life better, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you don't actually get into the to the guts of what sin can actually do in the reality of sin, and um and I think that's one reason. Um, I think the other reason is, um, in in particular, like what the world we live in right now, mm-hmm. it's so, people are so quick to I hate to use this phrase, but to to cancel people, like mm-hmm. when you start like digging into something, yeah. it's like no. It's like, can we just talk about this reality that we all face? And I think some people are just apprehensive to do that.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I, Thomas Merton has this great quote where he says, "The devil makes many disciples by preaching against sin." Mm. And it's and of course he wrote that in like the fifties, so sure. it's like when yeah. when we were in the midst of more sin, guilt driven, yeah. especially. And he's a Catholic, so lots of guilt. Yeah, um, but I really like that of like we can't eliminate it, but also if we over, which is what we learned in the first half of the 20th yeah. century, is that if we overdo it and just try to drive people through fear and guilt, then we get we get people, we get what we have now, people not talking about sin at all. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder, too, if it has something to do with like people show up to church on Sunday already feeling bad enough about themselves. Like I am Sometimes, shocked yeah. at the amount of people that I talk to that, And the ones who don't want to talk about sin are the worst of all that are like giving themselves zero grace. Yeah. Most of the time when I talk to people by the end of it, I'm like, you don't give your, like, you're so hard on yourself. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you are. And so now you're trying to push back in the other direction and just like, do you, you know, or whatever. and, And like. Ignore sin because Mm -hmm. you're so judgmental of yourself that you can't even have like a sober conversation about this concept of sin. Yeah. It's the, it's the, the innocence thing of like, well, I can't do anything about where the chocolate's made. It's like, why, why are you so jumpy? Like, (laughs) what, it's because you already feel bad. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if like our sort of culture of you are only as good as what you achieve, what you do, your job, what you buy, your status, like this, this culture of, um guilt that that is like under the surface cuz that's also where a lot of like the sort of um modern hedonism comes from of like yeah man just like you know watch porn or like ah, if you want to do yeah. you know do this or do that like whatever give yourself a break well why do you need a break it's because most of the day you're being hard on yourself sure you know so i think that um having which we've I think you've done a great job of and we've we've hopefully done a good job of of having a sober conversation about the reality of sin rather than a reactive like well I already don't feel like a good enough parent, or I already don't feel like a good enough employee or I already don't have the, the house that I want or the car that I want or, or that I'm supposed to have and now you're telling me that I'm a, a sinner it's like well be nicer to yourself and <laughs> yeah. then we can have this conversation like don't by not showing yourself grace, you're basically telling God, you know how to do his job better than he does.
1: Yeah. Well, there's also the piece too, that when you live a life that is self-centered, mm-hmm. like you're not starting with grace right? and you're not starting with hope and yeah. you're not starting with like a bigger...
0: If you're your like, own advocate, you're probably also your own judge.
1: Yeah. You know, so then, so then to your point, it's like when you do get that house or you do make that money, do like you feel better than, but you realize in your soul, it doesn't answer anything, yeah. you know? And yeah. so... Then that's where all that like feeling yeah. of like emptiness comes from. And and that's why like one of the things that um, I had several folks like just say that this part of those those sermons was like significant for them where um, I said the typical church model that we grow up with is sin, repentance, grace, forgiven. Yeah. You know, and which is very typical. They want you to, like realize your sin and you're like, You gotta experience God's yep. grace, you know, you know, then you're forgiven. But really what the Bible starts with is like grace. Yep. Like, you know, God's engagement with people and his grace. And And can you
0: imagine, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, can you imagine what people's faith would look like if it started with that moment of everything's amazing? Whoa. (laughs) Have you ever thought about like, you ever looked at a sunrise and been like, holy cow, that's amazing. Before you, you know, we, all of me, you, most of us started our faith journey with, I'm in eighth grade and I'm like, oh, oh Lord, I'm such a sinner, you know, and like, thank god i got here you know we're here here we are you and i but like can you imagine if you're if that that altar call or that youth group or that whatever had started with like have you ever thought about how crazy it is that trees like die and then come back that's crazy you know or gravity is wild like like reality is grace is god's love you know i wonder what it (laughs) <laughs> like, no i think it would have like, a huge you know?
1: impact because i think if you started with that and then because that makes you aware of the reality of sin but you put it in the right framework yeah do you know what i mean because then all of a sudden it's not about guilt it's about wanting to be delivered from that sin mm-hmm. because you're like because of the beauty of god's grace yeah. and then that's where that forgiveness and that freedom happens yeah. and then you then know your book ended by grace like yep. that's what we see in scripture and so I think that's a very freeing way to begin to engage our lives. I mean, think about it. Even like all this stuff with the creation story, that we get, um, people get like mad about, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. I'm like, we, because of our sinful selves, like we try to like really cut down the creation story, mm-hmm. you know, be, like, no, that like you, people argue over the details of it or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, can we not just appreciate the beauty yeah. and understanding of the? The creator God. Like, yeah. let's just start there and, yep. like, live there. You know what I mean?
0: Like, yeah, this environment is perfectly balanced for us to live on it. <laughs> yeah. And we've never found another planet <laughs> where there's the perfect balance of water and oxygen. and like, oh, no. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I am... I, um... I'm reading or, or I'm listening to a podcast about The Cloud of Unknowing. I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to read it cuz it's like that kind of mid- medievally yeah, <laughs> language yeah. but the one of the first like in The Cloud of Unknowing the author talks about the first step of faith being like the ineffable longing and like that's the pillar of a good faith not starting with I'm a sinner and I need to repent but rather starting with like there's just something inside of me that like yeah. senses beauty and love and like even when those things are denied to me, like how does an abused child know what, like why don't abused kids just behave well? They act out because they know that they're missing love. There's a longing for something. Yeah. Um, We're already going way longer than we thought, but I wanted to bring up one more thing. Um, This idea of mystery, if this is something that people struggle with, Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. um, Usually when we struggle with the uh, the concept of mystery, it's because we don't like... um, we don't like thinking or talking or experiencing things that we don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Like we want to grasp things. We want to rely on our own understanding, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's funny because I talked about being on the Disney cruise uh, last <laughs> last week and, and Clarabelle is also, my daughter is in the middle of Aladdin, uh, being on the in the character works production okay. of Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. So lots of Aladdin in our house. Yeah. And I thought the end of Aladdin is the perfect um, analogy for why – relying on your own understanding and not being able to embrace the mystery of a thing works, or, or like doesn't work rather. Mm. It's this, you know, at the end of the of the movie, um, they trick Jafar, the bad guy into, he's all powerful sorcerer and they're like, well, you're still not as powerful as the genie. And he's like, okay, my third wish is I wanna be an all powerful genie. Yeah. And there's the pithy line of like, supreme cosmic power, itty bitty living spirit. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. like. Physics, theology, um, whatever, pick your lane. You can be the top person in that. You can you can gain supreme mm-hmm. cosmic power in whatever your intellect or whatever your emotional world can grasp. itty bitty living space. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't yeah, embrace yeah. mystery, you're you're the biggest feeler or the smartest person in the room or the most successful person financially or whatever. But if you can't stop and say there's stuff I don't understand. Yeah. All I know is that I know nothing, right, Socrates? Yeah. You're you're always going to be Jafar at the end of, of a Latin. <laughs> yeah. You you have gained all of this power and like you are still confined to the fact that you are mortal and can't fully understand the unbelievable mystery of the scandal of grace, the mystery of the cross. Yeah,
1: yeah you have to get there. Like there, yeah. you can't have a healthy, um, vibrant faith without appreciating the mystery. Like I could literally walk someone through Um, even with Jesus, like I could make a really cool, like rhythmic um, storyline of the Bible of like, here's what happens with sin and evil and uh, the human condition. And God has always sent a chosen, or righteous one to come in. And I could tell you about Noah. Mm -hmm. And then we go to Moses. And then we talk about Abraham. And then we go, you know, I could walk you through like all these storylines that keep showing. It's like, oh, like they thought, you know, um, when David came along, they thought, was, but he wasn't the real kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could, the, it all sets up for the cross. I could go through that whole thing, and um, we could give you a lot of examples that are really cool examples of like truly that point, to like the beauty of Scripture and and everything how God interacts with us. But but there is still a piece that you just have to embrace, which is the mystery, yeah. and and you got to be okay with it. Yep, you if, just you yeah. just do.
0: If your apologetic isn't rooted in, I don't fully understand this, but here's the best I can yeah. do rather than like well here's what it is
1: yeah like we didn't talk about this but like there are basically six or seven atonement theories like what was what the purpose of the cross and the truth is is it's all of them right right and it's a mysterious thing mm-hmm. you know and um and, and i know people like want to hone in on one but it's like no it's all of them in some capacity and and so there's just a mystery a, about our faith and and that's okay
0: yeah yeah i love that all right well, thanks everyone for joining us um, for this episode of Stay Curious. If you have questions, quips, comments, or quotes, you can email them to Stay Curious at HillCityRVA.com. Rate and review us and share the episode so others can get in on the conversation. And until next time, as always, stay curious. Sure. <laughs>